So this is the uh, be the the first lesson in uh, 2023. <clears throat> a lot of times, because I was born in 1950, a long time ago, it's it's hard to me keep up with these, <clears throat> not only the months but the years. At any rate, this would be the last in the series of five. And the subject is honor a much um, misaligned, misapplied, misunderstood thing. And I hope that I can relate to you what it should mean to the believer. So some of this will... Uh, contain some of my experiences from even my childhood, but uh, maybe it might be profitable to you anyway. But as a child, my first introduction to this subject of honor was contained in my Cub Scout Oath, which basically said that not only did I have honor, because it starts off on my honor, so I possessed it, it was mine, but not only did I have it, but I was to use that honor for deeds and actions that would edify others. It spoke of duty to God and duty to country. It spoke of helping others at all times, and to use that honor to keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. So it was something that I was to use, to utilize, to keep myself in those three things. Now, I would say that it was a good introduction to such a thing as honor in a general sense. Our subject for today covers honor from the standpoint of what it means to God's people. So that adds the spiritual element in that. So I'll give you the uh, introduction. There'll be some scriptures out of the book of Proverbs 4 7 will be 4 7 and 8. Proverbs 4 7 and 4 8. Wisdom, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all your getting, get understanding. In other words, pursue wisdom in order to gain it and understanding, which would be its companion. Exalt her, or exalt wisdom, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. So honor is allied and actually effected through wisdom and understanding. And this wisdom and understanding is, is gained to a great degree by seeing yourself in context. And what that means to some people is different than what it might mean to me, but because of... <laughs> The uh, age-old question of relativism and absolutism, but that's not a, a study for today. But anyway, uh, Proverbs 22.4, it says, 
by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. And riches meaning wealth, but not necessarily the wealth of material things or money or anything like that, because wealth can be attributed to different things. But by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. And then in Proverbs twenty nine twenty three, a man's pride shall bring him low. But honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. So frequently, one's pride displaces honor and humility, whereas honor will sustain and hold fast the humble in spirit. I'm going to give you a definition of honor, and this is from the Free Dictionary. Um, it's, and it mentions it because it's it's defining what it is in itself, not its effect or how other people see you. This is what honor is in effect. It is honesty, fairness, and or integrity in one's beliefs and actions. So it does not pre, uh, presume a, uh, a conflict or that you can hold on to your beliefs and, and those beliefs won't have actions. Honor shows that your belief has actions. So what you believe, your beliefs have a direct bearing on your actions. So it's, it has to do with honesty, fairness, and integrity in your belief and actions. So basically, it refers to one's value system. Everybody walks according to some kind of value system. <laughs> Whether their value system is bankrupt or not, that's another thing. We'll get into that a little bit, but uh, it's a value system. So honesty and fairness and integrity actually equate to truth, equity, and fidelity to one's values. To thine own self be true. So who you figure out, uh, hey, that you're possessed of honor. What are you going to do with it? So this refers to the value system, uh, and it equates to truth, equity, and fidelity to those to those values. And what the Cub Scout oath helped me to realize was that I, even as a young boy, operated according to a value system. And the aim of scouting was to hone that value system, to sharpen it, regarding myself inwardly and my character and behavior outwardly. So, and that kind of ties back in with the flowchart I shared with you, I don't know, three or four weeks ago about the, the nature, the will, the character, and the behavior. So hone the value system inwardly, uh, having to do with your nature, and then uh, how honor would dictate your character and your behavior would manifest those things that embellish your spirit. So the whole concept and thinking has actually in life served me pretty well. It is something that I have sought to build upon my whole life. My honor is my, my personal value system. It's my inner constitution, if you will. 
it is that which is the steward of my behavior, my character. And I would have to say for myself, it is more in my conscience than my mind. And this is how I look at it. My mind deals with the day-to-day events and their ramifications. The conscience provides the guidance and constraints to the mind and the behavior. So to be respected, one must be respectful. To be honored, one must be honorable. And I thought it best to speak concerning honor last in this series of sermons regarding truth and faith and love and grace. Because honor in the life of the believer will be the glue that not only holds these things in high esteem, but it will keep them in the proper context of application and manifestation. Honor in the life of the believer will be the glue that not only holds these things in high esteem, that is truth, faith, love, and grace, but will keep them in the proper context of application and manifestation. So ideally for the believer, honor will be both the compass and the path, both the compass and the path. We're going to look at some uh, New Testament scripture regarding honor. And regarding translation notes, I'll just note this. At times in the New Testament, the word doxa, which actually means praise, is also translated as honor. But most of the time, doxa is used to define praise. But the the main word defining uh, honor is temao. It's translated to value to revere and to manifest dignity. So we uphold and we support the things we value. So where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. A man will be willing to dedicate and to make sacrifices for the things that he treasures, that he loves. And if he doesn't treasure it or love it, he will not make those sacrifices. And these things you learn through bitter experience, not necessarily on an individual basis, but even sometimes on a corporate basis. Now, obviously, trouble comes in societies because of differing value systems. And we find that reflected throughout the whole Bible in the Gospels, uh, in the book of Acts, in the book of James, and so on. But we also need to keep in mind that there are places where an honorable person can be or can go and yet not receive honor. And we'll we'll just read this in Mark chapter 6. And Jesus went out from thence, and he came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, uh, in verse 2, when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many, hearing him, were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this, which is given unto him, that even such mighty words are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon? 
and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. So then you'll find that in life. Uh, I sp spoke to a gentleman about six months ago, and he's uh goes to a, a certain a certain church who holds certain doctrines, and he said he was he was being severely ostracized by those of his own family. I said, "Well, brother," I said, uh, "Don't feel bad because it, it, it's the same thing happened to the Lord Jesus Christ." Listen, and, and that happens. It just happens. And, and there will be those, even of your brethren, who say they love you, but that love is only contingent upon you agreeing with their doctrine or you being in <coughs> lockstep with, with what they think. And that's your own your own honor will will give you the wisdom to see that and to make adjustments concerning that. So, Jesus, the man who was honorable in all things, did not receive honor among his own people. Well, you know, the, the famous scripture, he came unto his own, his own received him not. So, be aware that one is not honorable for the purpose of receiving it from others, but for the sake of being true unto himself. And that's one of the litmus tests of honor. Be true unto yourself. That's your value system. You keep it. We're going to look at uh, more scripture. This is going to be regarding honoring your father and your mother. Of course, that one of the Ten Commandments, the first commandment with promise, actually. But <clears throat> we'll go to Ephesians six one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother. Honor them, which is the first commandment with promise. So, to my way of thinking, a child and a parent our uh, parents and children, as long as both live. So as long as you are a child of a living parent, this command remains. It's not you are to honor them because of who they are, but also because the, the, the principle and the precept of honoring your father, and that carries through with honoring your father, God. So that is in keeping with the whole concept. The second thing we talked about is husbands honor your wives. First uh, Peter 3, 7. Likewise, you husbands dwell with them, your wives, according to knowledge. And knowledge, and I would say that that would have to encompass a whole lot of other things like grace and empathy and and just, you know, common sense uh i've been married uh, coming up on 54 years somebody asked me one time well what's what's your secret and i said well knowing when to keep my mouth shut 
kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of thing, but there's a lot to that. Uh, sometimes you need to know when to speak and when not to speak. And that's given. That's a given in in all kinds of different relationships. But dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. So you make you make those accommodations, and you understand that all the way uh, all the way along, uh, as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, heirs together of the grace of life. It's a kind of a cool saying, uh, interesting concept, the grace of life, so that your prayers are not hindered. So your your marriage needs to make a unified statement, okay, not only to others who look at it, but also to your father. Uh, the, another thing that we are uh, commanded to do is to honor widows. In tied, uh, 1 Timothy 5.3, honor widows that are widows indeed. And the New Testament sets forth what qualifies as a widow. You're free to, to explore that if you want. But honor widows that are widows indeed. And that's Paul's talking to Timothy. So that's Timothy, young preacher, his, his son in the faith. So keep that context in mind as well. going to talk about honoring brethren and brethren being uh, those who are of the household of faith those kind of brethren and for that we'll go to a couple of places uh, Romans 12 9 we'll start there let love be without dissimulation or without hypocrisy Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Common sense, as for a believer, right? Okay, sometimes, okay, the, the abhorring and cleaving isn't the problem. The, the problem is identifying what is evil and what is good. Romans 12.10, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. In honor, preferring one another. That's edification. Okay, it's assessing needs and trying to fill that need, either individually or corporately. In honor, preferring one another. Now, this uh, the next three verses are going to be a manifestation of honor. Okay, uh, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Okay, those are honorable things. These, those are things that that you embrace, and and, and you're embracing. They make you make them part of your value system. The second scripture reference is First. Uh, Corinthians 12, we'll pick it up in verse 22. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Are necessary. They're necessary. Okay, and a lot of times uh, you look at a member of the body and you don't 
you don't have much in opinion or you, you lightly esteem them. But let's look at this. They seem to be more feeble, but they're necess necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor that our uncomely parts, that our body, our corporate body, have more abundant comeliness. So we lend them, we give them, uh, we bestow upon them that which is necessary so that the uh, that the body may have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts, our attractive parts have no need, our strong parts have no need. But God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. Interesting concept right there having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no, no division in the body, no schism in the body, that the members should have the same care for one another. If you, if you love not your brother, uh, if you love not your brother, uh, John had some pretty strong words to say that about that. He said, if you love not your brother, then you're a liar, and the truth isn't in you. So First uh, John. Anyway, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 26. So whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. One member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. And that's equity in the body. And that's how the bodies are still supposed to work. Supposed to. Not all of them do, but for longevity, that's a good suggestion. Now, what... Paul talked to the Corinthians about uh, the honor and making up the body, making up deficiencies uh, for the weaker parts or the more uncomely parts of the body. These actions actually bring an equitable balance to the body. Now, I have seen the unassuming non-prominent member manifest many Christian graces, and I have seen the prominent stumble. So we want to keep that in mind. If you've been a believer very long and you remember the body somewhere, you will see that at, po at some point, and you'll see it maybe repeated uh, as you go. What Paul advises the Corinth church to do is both inspired and also a good formula for establishing equity or equalness in the body. And... Uh, the unity chapter, I call it the unity chapter. It's Ephesians 4. And it'll it's a, kind of a good side note to what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. And he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that, that you walk worthy of the, of the vocation or the calling wherewith you are called. Walk worthy of that. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. And some people need more forbearance than others. That's the way it is. It's not like any of us are perfect in our demeanor, in our behavior, in our attitude, in our comportment, in all of those things. And verse 3 says, endeavoring, endeavoring, uh, that is working towards keeping the unity of the Spirit 
in the bond of peace. So why would we not have peace? You've been reconciled to God by the death of his son. Why would you not have peace with one another? So now we'll, we'll look at how honor works. How it works. 1 Peter 1, 7. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire. Okay, so guess what? That's part and parcel for being a believer. Anyway, that the trial of your faith might be found on the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. There's a reason for it. Verse 8, whom having not seen, you love, that is talking about Christ, in whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, in whom you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable is that things that which cannot be uttered. There's Because the English language or any language that seeks to, to fit into the vehicles of words, the realm of of human and Christian experience is going to find there's uh, times when when the vehicles of words are seriously lacking. Okay, so then we lift up our hands or we get on our knees or, or however we choose to address that. And then he says in 1 Peter 1, 9, Receive, receiving the end of, of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, that's deliverance. Deliverance from this present evil world. Okay, I'm going to read you something that's one of the points, main points of this message. Honor is that inner compulsion, that drive, the perseverance, the showing forth, if to none but self only, that value system so ingrained and cultivated within that it needs no external confirmation or evidence. It goes with you wherever you go. It is part of your whole identity. It's part and parcel of who you are, and it should be a treasure to you. Honor is that inner compulsion, that drive the perseverance, the showing forth, if to none but self only, that value system that is so ingrained and cultivated within that it actually needs no external confirmation or evidence. There'll be time for that. There'll be time for that. There always will be time for that. But you carry it with you wherever, and you guard it. In 2 Timothy 2.20, But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor, some to dishonor, in a great house. But if, if a man therefore purge himself from these, and I'll cover what that's talking about, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. If a man purge himself from these, what's, what's a man to purge himself from? Unprofitable words, profane and vain babblings, or vain words and general iniquity. Okay? 
So you purge yourself from those, you'll be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet, proper for the master's use, and prepared for every good work. So there's obviously always some kind of inner discipline uh, required because according, you can read that battle in Romans, the last half of Romans chapter 7. But go ahead and bleed that over into Romans 8 because it tells you about the good part there. Now, what else are we to honor? The Son. Honor the Son. The Son of God. Jesus Christ. John 5.21 For as the Father raises up the dead and quickens them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should what? Honor the Son. That all should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. So all that honor the Father should honor the Son. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which has sent him. Okay, be run into people say, well, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus Christ. Okay, this is a rebuttal to that. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that does not honor the Son, does not honor the Father which has sent him. Okay? That squashes that whole argument. You can't have, you have to take them both, you don't get either one of them. Now I want to read you some, uh, some things out of Revelation. Because this honor... Uh, actually, uh, it's reflected in Jesus Christ. And let's let's look at Revelation 4.11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. To receive it, okay? I mean, he emanates it. But in this case, he is worthy to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things. And for thy pleasure... They are in word created. All things were created for the pleasure of God and Jesus Christ. In Revelation 5.11 And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and a number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Probably we would say innumerable. And they said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying okay this is creatures creation part of the creation blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth on the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever okay now uh, is kind of a Exhortation here, and that is to serve honorably, to serve 
honorably. In John 12, 26, if any man, Christ talking, if any man serve me, let him follow me. Now, I don't think you can do the one without the other. You can't serve him without following him. And you can't follow him without serving him. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Hold on to that, by the way. Even if you don't think what you're doing is affecting anything, sometimes our our vision is short-sighted. In Romans 2.7, to them who by patient continuance, and that's a key, okay, patient continuance and well-doing. It's not like, okay, okay, I tried that for three days, it's not working. That's not patient continuance. Uh, be convinced of a thing as to it's, 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 if it's right or not. If it's a worthy pursuit or a worthy endeavor, it's a glorifying or it edifies somebody else. And patiently continue in it. To them who by patient continuance and well in well doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. And that's in eternal life, okay, in that context. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile but glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there's no respect of persons with God. So it doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Gentile. What does matter is there are those who are contentious that don't obey the truth. They obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath and tribulation and anguish. Whether you're Jew or Gentile. But glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. So, in the manifestation of honor, in patient continuance, in well-doing, seek for glory and honor, immortality, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So I'm going to ask you, as a matter of reflection on what I just spoke of, are you using your honor in actions that would edify others? Are you using your honor regarding your duty to God and your fellow man? Are you using your honor to keep yourself mentally robust and morally straight? Or does your honor lay as a casualty somewhere alongside the road that you have traveled? That in your in your in your past you have made your honor a casualty of a rash decision. And it lays there alongside the road that you have traveled. Let me encourage you with dedication. It can be retrieved and revived 
and lessons learned. And you know what? If that is the case, you will treasure it more after you have done that. And perhaps all believers, all of us, need to do an honor check. An honor check performed honestly on a periodic basis that will serve to keep us active and effective with regarding the manifestation of honor. May it be so. May you and honor use truth, faith, love and grace as an embellishment and testimony of your spiritual walk and a reflection of the one who indwells you. Thank you for listening. I hope and I'll pray that God will bless your heart uh, and that you might use these words of exhortation and encouragement to not only your profit and glory, but also to the edification of others and to the glory of God. Amen.